From Muhlenberg College, this is 2400 Chew. In each episode of this podcast, we talk to one Muhlenberg graduate about their current work and the industry in which that work is done. For this episode, Tammy Katzoff spoke with Paul Silverman, class of 1978, real estate developer in Jersey City, New Jersey, and chairman of New Jersey Beer Company. As we do with most of these interviews, we began the conversation by asking how and when Paul became interested in his occupation. When I was a senior in high school, I met a friend of my father's who was a CPA and a lawyer. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. I want to be a lawyer with a CPA certification and, and I'll be earning millions of dollars doing like my father's friend. And after about three weeks, I said, you know what? Four years is going to be plenty for me. I, I'm not going to be able to do this for, for six or seven years of law school or business school. I decided I'm not going to go to law school. And then after about two years, as much as I loved accounting, I really loved business. And I was always an entrepreneur. I had a landscaping business in high school, a printing business in middle school, and always doing some kind of business. And then I was helping to run our fraternity. I was a member of Teak, which was one of the best fraternities uh, during the 70s while we were there. And, and running that fraternity as an officer and as a treasurer, it really gave me the experience of running a small business. We had an employee, we had a chef, uh, we had to collect rents from the people living in the house, had to deal with people. Uh, I was a student representative to the board of trustees. So I was dealing with the, the board members, the older board members. So all of that experience in Muhlenberg really got my juices flowing for entrepreneurship. And there was no entrepreneurship program back then in the, in the 70s, but I took business class, I took accounting classes, but then the, the whole life around all of that really uh, reinforced my love of entrepreneurship, which is connecting and, and uh, making things happen and uh, overcoming obstacles. So all those things that, uh, that I learned in Muhlenberg. And, and one of the key things was that at my fraternity, I was the social chairman with uh, my friend Dante LaRocca, a classmate of mine. And so we knew how to entertain. And a big part of my job as a real estate developer is to entertain and whether it be a specific event or just to make people feel comfortable in their homes, uh, to help people open up businesses. You know, So all of that at Muhlenberg, in the classroom, out of the classroom, dealing with board members, really equipped me for what I'm doing now. So do you have a, a typical day at work? And if you do, what does that day look like? No, that's a good question. I do not have a typical day. My day can range from helping a resident clear their toilet clog in my business suit to meeting with the president of Verizon because we rent a building to Verizon and bankers and retailers. And so it's such a varied job that you're dealing with uh, people in their apartments. We rent to a lot of stores and restaurants and, and, and who need my attention. So the, the day can range from meeting with bankers to uh, helping welcome somebody into their apartment to putting out uh, fires in our property management. You know, something going wrong. Uh, this morning, we have an, an issue with somebody that uh, has a nine-month-old baby. Their husband has to go to California for their job and they need to move early to their apartment. So I'm dealing with something all day. And that's what's so much fun about it. It's, it never gets boring. I'm you know, doing this for 40 plus years and it never gets boring. So tell us about the New Jersey Beer Company. How did that come about? As you can tell, I'm a busy person and from all that I'm doing. But I felt I wasn't busy enough. I wanted to open up a brewery. I ended up buying an existing brewery that had been open about a year. I thought I would start my own. And I went to New Jersey Beer Company 10 years ago. And uh, they were having troubles paying their bills. They, they needed another investor. So they, they kind of begged me, please, instead of starting your own brewery, would you invest in our brewery? And the beer was great. 
the, the guys were good and get some national recognition. Um, there was a, a spot on the Today Show, the NBC Today Show, where the beer and travel expert, John Hall, held up a growler of our Garden State Stout and said, try New Jersey Beer Company, Garden State Stout. Like, this is the NBC Today Show. And so, um, and uh, my next door neighbor, Steve Gable, runs the brewery for us. And uh, so it's a, a fun sideline. And I, of course, I tie it into our business. Uh, at all of our events, we serve our beer. When a, a new resident moves into an apartment, they get a, a sampling of our beer in their refrigerator when they move in. So, so it's fun. Again, it's entrepreneurship. It's uh, entertaining. It's something fun. How has the pandemic affected what you do and the industry in general? It's had a huge effect. Uh, shortly after it started, you know, in uh, April and May of 2020, we had a, a, a mass exodus from Jersey City. Uh, young people were moving back to their parents' houses and realizing they, they didn't need to go into, the, into Manhattan to go to work. So they moved out. Older people that had a, a second home somewhere uh, decided, let's just stay at our second house, you know, at the shore, up in the country somewhere. So they moved out. And then in the middle, people with little kids, at one point, the parks were even closed in Jersey City. They were so worried about people uh, gathering in parks. So people with little kids could just stay in an apartment. They moved out too. So we lost about 10% of our residents uh, from April to the summer a year ago. But about four months ago, April, March or April, uh, people started moving back in. They started getting notices that their companies would be reopening. People started adjusting to the situation of COVID. Parks reopened in Jersey City. And and so we're back now to full occupancy. As a matter of fact, uh, we're struggling now with a, this woman that's got the nine-month-old baby trying to find them a temporary place to live until their apartment's ready. You know, our, our apartments are virtually full. So that's a good feeling. And all of our businesses that have rented from us have survived. The restaurants have had a tough time surviving, but we've given them support. We've let them pay rent over time and we've really tried to support them. And the Jersey City has been great in allowing the restaurants to open up outdoor dining. So there's so many of these parklets set up out on the street there where the, they've cut down the traffic, so them set up tables and chairs outside. So so I'm happy to say that everybody has stayed in business and, and uh, we are recovering. You know, we're adjusting to the, the new way to do it. The other plus mm-hmm. is Jersey City never had the riots that New York City had. So people have stayed in Jersey City, have felt comfortable to be here in Jersey City. And the uh, restaurants being you know, set up on the sidewalks, even through the winter, it gave you a feeling of life in the streets. It, we never felt that um, everyone had abandoned. So it was a dip. We tightened our belt. We, we were able to keep everybody on board. We did get PPP money, which uh, we have received and have since gotten forgiven. So, so we went through it. And great lessons for all of us. When you go through any kind of tough time, uh, great lessons for all of us to come out stronger on the other end. And what about the brewery? Was that affected? Yes, greatly. Uh, breweries all over greatly affected. Bars had shut down. Liquor stores were busy, but you know that's just uh, about a third of our business is selling uh, our beer to liquor stores. But the bars being closed and you know people not not jammed into a bar, getting beer out of kegs, uh, that really hurt us. And then also our biggest account for the brewery is the Prudential Center, where the New Jersey Devils play hockey. And there was no hockey for a period of time. And then when it did open, they only allowed a few thousand people in there. So that was probably a third of our business there too. So yeah, so it greatly affected us. But again, we got a small amount of PPP money there, kept our brewers working, kept our tasting room working and have come through it. And now it's starting to improve. And hopefully uh, COVID doesn't reemerge too strong with the new strain and uh, allows the hockey arena to open up and allows the 
bars to start packing people in again this this winter. So after we finally get out of this and recovery actually fully happens, do you think people will still be doing business differently? Is there anything positive that's going to come out of this for your industry? Yes, yes, certainly. Uh, the positives are people's ability to work from wherever they are. An example is this inter interview right now. You're interviewing me and I'm, I'm in my home and you're in Allentown and, and uh, Paul's at the WMUH studios. So to be able to do all these things virtually that we're all now so good at is terrific. Uh, I'm on a, a few nonprofit boards and we're getting full attendance at all of our board meetings because everybody's Zooming in, whether they're in Nantucket or they're in New Jersey or they're in Pennsylvania, it doesn't matter. And uh, so that, that's a, a real plus that has come out of it. It's kind of forced us all to, to become a good Zoom and, and, and Google chat and, and you know, all the various ways to communicate that way. And then also, uh, I think that flexibility in the workplace, if you want to work from home one day, you know, it's not a big deal anymore. And uh, so uh, certainly many of our staff, you know, handyman, a plumber, they can't work from home, but our bookkeepers can work from home if they need to. I can certainly uh, dial in and call into meetings uh, remotely, whether I'm, I'm sitting at my office desk or not. So some good flexibility has come out of that and resiliency as well to show that you can go through something as terrible as a pandemic and then survive and, and come through it at the other end of it. Okay. So what would you say are the most challenging parts of your job and what are the most rewarding parts of your job if those things are different or the same? Yes. Yep. Most challenging is finding great people to do the jobs that we have to do. We're a small company. We have about 45 employees. But each job is so critical, whether it be bookkeepers, plumbers, uh, handymen, uh, door staff, housekeepers, rental agents, uh, you know, uh, project managers help us build. Such every job is so critical that finding the right people and then motivating those people to continue to do a great job is definitely the, the biggest challenge and I think the most critical challenge. We feel really fortunate that we've got a great team of people and and have been successful in keeping them motivated. My brother Eric and I are partners for 40 years and and uh, work together. We divide our roles where my brother is uh, designing and building the buildings and I'm uh, managing the buildings. So we do divide up that way. And you know he's got half the people work for him. I've got half the people work for me, but we work together to find the right people and motivate them. So that's our biggest challenge always, I think. The most rewarding is seeing the end result, to see people loving where they live someone, a, a resident in an apartment, whether it be a young single person or a couple get it, having a baby or grandparents moving in to be near their kids or, you know, whatever situation might be, to, to watch people love living in their apartments and tell me personally, tell me with an email, you know, how much they love living here, accepting a rent increase. You know, we, we continue to increase our rents, even with COVID. One resident last week said, I'm happy to accept the increase. I love living here. And, you know, that goes right to our heart and soul to say we've created a, a situation where somebody is loving where they live. And uh, all the buildings that we have have either been renovated by us or built by us. So to take a piece of dirt, put a building there that fill it with people, great retail stores, some office space, it's just so rewarding. The buildings that we've renovated, it feels good to take an old, empty, rundown building that's been empty for years and years and years and then fill it with life again and, and make it high quality. Uh, it feels so good. And then on the uh, non-residential side, we've got a lot of businesses that run from us. To see these successful businesses 
uh, run by enthusiastic entrepreneurs like myself, uh, whether it be a, a, a kid's baby store, you know, for uh, baby gifts, baby clothing, pet stores, vintage clothing store, pharmacy, health club, a bunch of different restaurants of all kinds of nationalities, gyms, hair salon, dry cleaner, wine shop, uh, liquor store, all these different types of businesses that I can kind of look from the sidewalk and see the shopkeepers in there ringing up their sales and the customers happy to be in there buying. It's such a rewarding feeling to see that we've transformed neighborhoods. And our company tagline is building neighborhoods. So we really are truly living up to what our tagline is, where we are, have transformed these either empty lots or, or broken down buildings. It's so rewarding to see that happen. If someone listening, whether it's a Muhlenberg alum or anyone else, is interested in going, you know, going into the industry that you're in, um, doing what you do, um, either right out of college or as a career transition, what advice would you give that person? <laughs> That's interesting. In a few second interview here to come up with that, but there, there are several. Well, take as much advice. time as you need. <laughs> Good. Well, there's a, a few, few things. Um, to be a real estate developer really sums up in two words. Uh, I met a, a man from Belgium one year who was renting from us and he wanted to learn about real estate developing. I sat with him and he, he said, it sounds like you can sum up real estate developing into two words, patience and contacts. And patience meaning you plant these seeds, you try to buy a building, you try to plant a seed in, a, in buying an empty lot and then work, work, work and be patient. And, and all of a sudden, 10 or 15 or 30 years later, you've got a building there. So uh, patience and, and not expecting a, an immediate result and uh, being, being uh, able to, to hang on to something for a long period of time. And to further with the word patience, we're building two buildings right now. One of them is 15 years in the making. We tore down a, a garage from an old hospital complex we bought in 2005. So it's now 16 years later, we're building on that site. The building will open up this year, but that's 16 years since we bought that old hospital and that garage. So we're about 11 years behind schedule, but we never gave up and we were patient and just stuck with it. And then we have a high rise we're building where we bought the first lot for that site in 1983. So that's almost 40 years. That's about 38 years now. We bought the first lot. We bought, uh, I want to say, 11 or 12 lots over the years, put it a site together that we could allow it to build a high rise on. So there too, just patience hanging in there. So the second word is contacts. And you have to know so many people and, and have a relationship with so many people. And I think that's the probably the biggest thing I got out of Muhlenberg College was relationships with my fraternity brothers, relationships with other students, relationships with professors, with administrators, with board members, with employees of the college. So learning that, navigating over those four years in Muhlenberg and having all those relationships in play in real estate developing and beer brewery as well, having the contacts of elected officials, bankers to help fund it, engineers, architects, designers to design a building, and then to interact with the neighborhood so that they accept what you want to build there. You know, you're coming into somebody's backyard and you, I'm building a building and, and everyone wants to know what you're building and you need to get their acceptance. So work with the neighborhood people and then work with people to build it, the carpenters and the plumbers, the electricians, the truck drivers, and all that to build a building and then to fill it up. You got to find people that want to be there and, and whether they live here and they're, they're from Jersey City or from New Jersey or they're from India 
whether they're from France or they're from Canada. You got to be able to interact with all of them and then fill our retail and our office and our restaurant spaces, interacting with them. So contact is such a huge part and that relationship building. And that I give full credit to Muhlenberg College. I know this is a Muhlenberg interview, but I definitely give full credit to my my time at Muhlenberg for helping me do that. And a, a few of my fraternity brothers have been to some of our events and they like to tell me, Paul, it feels like an adult fraternity party here, except instead of the police chasing us and shutting us down, the police are here as part of the party. <laughs> so, uh, so it's really been a great experience. It's fun, rewarding. And I like to say uh, in, a, in a year, I love what I'm doing 360 days a year. There's four or five days a year where I wake up like, oh, this is too much today. <laughs> but uh, I quickly get over that and, and really enjoy what I do, making people's lives better, whether it be you know, their retail stores, their how they live, their relationships with their families. Um, so it's a, I'm really fortunate to do what I do. And, you know, having a great partner, too, is my brother. Unfortunately, he didn't go to Muhlenberg. He's a UBM grad, but he's got the same kind of spirit that I have. And, uh, and I do uh, owe a lot to him for my time at Muhlenberg. This episode of 2400 Chew was produced by Tammy Katzoff from the Muhlenberg College Career Center. It was recorded remotely and engineered in the studios of WMUH Allentown, Pennsylvania. Our opening and closing music from Cowboy Bebop is performed by the Muhlenberg College Jazz Big Band.